Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. Um, yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, this week we watched season six episode, is this nine or ten? It's ten. Ten. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Um, titled The One with the Routine. Mm-hmm. Written by Brian Boyle, directed by Kevin S. Bright, and originally aired on December 16th, 1999. Joey, Ross, and Monica attend a taping of Dick Clark's New Year's Rocking Eve, and Joey has special plans for his roommate Janine at the midnight hour. Oh, like a little cliffhanger there. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, hopefully you guys all survived um, Daylight Savings. Um, am I correct in thinking this is the last one? I don't know. You were the one that told me that. Like, I think we go ahead and then we stop. It's quite possible. Dang. Well, if it's the last one, then I hope you weren't. I hope this week totally didn't suck for you because you lost an hour of sleep because we sprung ahead. Um, so, yeah. Anyways. Okay. Uh, soft open. Wow, what a completely different change of scenery in the soft open. They are full out decorating for Christmas, and it got me in like all the Christmas feels, even though we're not really that far removed from Christmas right now. Um, But I love how all of the friends are doing this together. Like you totally know it was Monica's idea to coordinate something like this, but you also know that everyone else would have just been putting up their own separately. I mean, kind of except for Rachel and Phoebe, you know, since they like kind of live together, but like... It's so nice to get people involved in festive things like that, you know, over the holidays, especially because a lot of them are single and not really dating someone seriously. And it just made me feel like, oh, like, of course, the couple would be like, hey, guys, come over to our house and decorate for Christmas. Um, And Ross comes in and he's like. I mean, obviously they've been doing this without Ross, but he's kind of surprised to find this like group activity underway and questions like Monica's sanity. And she like she pretends that like Christmas isn't about that. It's more important that they're doing it together. But then we find out that she has like strategically put together like her side of the tree, which looks completely like organized and orderly while the friend side of the tree is practically like like it looks like tinsel just like kind of threw up on the yeah, tree yeah for sure um i love that frosted window look like in the, the corners way, yeah the way they like made it look and like the mm. the gentle snow coming outside like yes. that that part of snow i love same it's like the calm quiet of snow when you like yeah go outside and and you like can't hear anything it's just so silent yeah, yeah. oh I was like, it's so pretty. I almost was like, oh my gosh, it's like Christmas in July. I was like, we're not even at July yet, and we're watching a <laughs> Christmas episode. Yeah, um, but I will point out, you know, this episode opens with them decorating for Christmas, uh-huh. even though Monica and Ross are technically Jewish. Oh, well, yeah, apparently, I yeah, didn't. I, yeah, well, the creators have said that the the dad is Jewish, but not their mother so it's probably Hmm. they did like one of those like christmas hanukkah type things growing up yeah i know they've sprinkled it in a couple times like that storyline 
And but like I also know a lot of people who who like aren't, you know, Christian but also celebrate Christmas. You yeah, know what I mean? True. So it's like you yeah. can you kind of just pick up whatever your family I don't know, like did as traditions and then like go for it. Maybe. I don't know. Um but we we so that's the opener essentially. And it's I think I think it's a great opener. So we go to the main part of the episode and we start off in the cafe and it feels like we've we've like picked up in the middle of a conversation. Ross is going on and on and on about the histories and like the origins of Christmas traditions. And you can tell by the faces of those around him that he has been going over it for like a while. Yeah. And I have to say that Rachel's quick burns towards Ross these past several episodes are my absolute new favorite things. It seems like every episode she's had at least one very targeted dig towards him. And it makes me laugh every single time, like out loud. It's just one little zinger here and there. And I'm like, this is my new favorite thing. And I want it to last forever. And I'm going to be sad when the episode comes up. And I'm probably like jinxing it now and it's going to be the next episode. But like, I'm going to be very sad when we get the next episode that doesn't have it. And you're like, oh, man, because it's been it's just been like giving me life. It's so good. Now, Joey comes in and joins the group. He's complaining about like a like a stretching Janine and how he can't take it anymore because of the like unrequited affections he's feeling towards her. And Ross, obviously trying to save like some semblance of his ego, pretends that Janine is old news to him and he's so over it until she comes in and his spirits are, you know, suddenly lifted mysteriously. And she tells the group that she's been selected to dance at Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve party and the Gellers are visibly flustered. They're like, we grew up watching the show and you can totally tell that they're jealous that she's going like to be a party person is what she is the role that she got like selected for. But she said that she could bring somebody. So she invites Joey, who of course uh, accepts, but they're filming it prior to the actual holiday. And Ross goes into a very knowledgeable explanation into these like inner workings of the show. And because Janine can see this visible excitement in these two, she invites them to tag along, which they obviously get very excited about. Um, And once again, and I've complained about this before, but one of my biggest pet peeves on this and many other shows happens right in front of my face as Gunther sets down an obviously very empty to-go cup, which... Oh, yeah. You can hear it when he sets it down. It's hollow. It's hollow. And the way she picks it up, like, her wrist doesn't have any sort of, like, oh, I'm picking up something heavy. They usually don't, like, carry it in a way that means, like, it's heavy and I have to make sure that I'm moving my arm in a certain way. Like, it just... It wouldn't be so hard to put water in it. Like... (laughs) It's really, it's really not that difficult. And, and yet it continues to happen. So I just had to point it out because it was like right there. But obviously it's like a prompt that allows Janine to move along with her day. So she gets up and like leaves. Okay. So have we ever seen a to-go cup in this place? I don't remember seeing one. I, you know, I don't know. Not that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't one. I just, I don't think I've personally noticed. Okay. Um, also, right as she's getting up to leave, um, 
you can, if you pay attention, you can see a cameraman behind her. Oh, sneaky. Kind of in the corner of the shot. So that was a mistake. And then another, like, uh uh-oh thing in the first, like, couple seconds of this scene after the theme song plays, Mm -hmm. um, right after Ross mentions the origin of the dreidel, you can see him, like, mouthing words, but there's no sound. So they clearly used a shot. Yes. Where he was speaking, but, like, didn't use the audio from it. I did notice that, and it was blatantly obvious. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty bad. Um, Now, after Janine leaves, Joey, like, completely gets his signals crossed, thinking that her inviting him was a date. But most of the friends, like, do not agree with him and try to give him the truth, like, gently. And we end the scene with the Gellers being obviously very excited and Chandler like realizing what he's got himself into, which is very funny because Rachel's been sort of like, you know, kind of laughing. She's like, I like, I used to live with her, but you like, you do live with her still. And like, or she's like, I used to date him, but you're still together with her signifying that like, they're kind of crazy with how much they love like this party thing. So we, we follow them essentially to what this event is, this Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve. And this quad re- like arrives on set and Joey tries to like sort of level their expectations. Like it's just a set, be cool. And Ross does not do that. <laughs> he like totally freaks out. Um, the, rec- the director comes in, gives some like set instructions. And that's pretty much like that scene. I didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, no, I didn't okay. have anything. So back in the girls' apartment, the girls come barreling in to divide and conquer this apartment. They are on their annual hunt for their presence from Monica. Monica, and it's it's a bold move with Chandler there, like oh yeah, right in the room. But I I do love that it it does track. Like it is accurate that he wouldn't have known that this takes place every year because previously to this he's lived with Joey. So this is like a really fun way to introduce a a storyline, which would have happened over the, you know, assumably the past several years, but we're almost seeing it for the first time and kind of from Chandler's point of view, like we're being introduced to the storyline at the same time Chandler is. So I just love the writing in that, that it totally tracks that historically that this could have been happening for the past five seasons. Um... And yet we're just hearing about it for the first time this year. Sometimes when they include new storylines, you're like, okay, they include the storyline that seems to happen every year, but then we never hear about it again, which happens all the time in shows. But this was a really great way to like bring it up without having shown it before. Um, But did you notice in in this scene, and I think it kind of tracks throughout the rest of the episode, the horrible placement of Phoebe's wig? Like, you can see the front point of her hairline where her real hair is pulled back. And yet yeah. the part in her wig is also right there as well. That obviously goes like left and right. Yeah. Um, it was it wasn't just, good. yeah, it was just really bad in the scene. They should have put it like they needed to pull it forward just the tiniest bit. And I wouldn't have even known that like she had a wig on. Um, but in this, in this episode, it was pretty bad. Now, Chandler is a little horrified at the girls, but they kind of make a good point. Like, they bring up they bring up the point that, like, what about, like, what if she gets you something more expensive? Or, like, if the sentiment is better than yours? Or if the number of gifts is better? And 
And like all of those things need to be considered. And this is on par with who Monica is as well. Like she's probably just as intentional at gift picking as she is with the actual like gift wrapping, you know, with her like OCD-ness. And so Chandler is like super convinced and goes on the search, like starts giving out orders. Now, quickly after that, Phoebe pulls out a Macy's bag from under the couch and they find a used shoe with a note. One, insulting their search ability and also calling out Chandler for for joining in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was very clever and very. She's like, I knew they'd break you. (laughs) The way that the way that Rachel delivers it, too, is like also pretty funny. Um, now Chandler has like a mini epiphany when remembering their words about checking, like checking their place and the girls have a different, like a difficult time hiding the fact that they found the thing that Chandler thought was hidden and he's like completely mortified. Um, now I kind of missed the part where they explained why they were searching Chandler and Joey's place. Um, cause she just thought maybe like when Rachel lived there that she like decided to hide him over there instead. So that's why they searched. Was that visible? Was that expressed? Like, did I completely miss that? Or are you? No. Are you kind I'm just of assuming? Okay. Cause I'm just now realizing that seems like a, a gap in like the storyline. Yeah. Like, no, I think, cause I think she said like we would search the apartment and then sometimes we'd also go and look at like your guys' apartment. So I just assumed like, okay, probably. Huh. That was probably it. Yeah. Okay. I was just um, realizing, like, I don't know about that, but. Yeah. Uh, this is the first episode that we realized the door in the back of her apartment is a closet. Um, oh. There's a wreath on it, and Rachel, like, I don't know if it's this scene or, like, later when they're still searching, but, like, she opens the door, and you can see that it's a closet. What? I thought we didn't yeah. find out what it was until the very end, and it was, like, a big like the big reveal now she opens it at one point i mean it's what? very quick and it's not like sure the focal point of the moment but you can see her open it and close it wow i'm i'm kind of shocked right now i thought that was like literally one of the friends trivias like for 10 seasons you didn't know what it was until like the last season <laughs> that's so crazy good catch that's great okay so we're gonna we're gonna come back on set to dick clark's new year's rock and eve and we rejoin the dance to find ross and monica having a very hard time getting on camera and they sort of realize that they need to be on the platform to obtain their goal meanwhile janine and joey are having a great time um you can see she's really like breezy about the whole thing and joey is reading like a lot into simple things and then the director comes over and separates them to be better paired off, like according to what he thinks will work on screen. And Joey is like really devastated and like a very wild woman comes over to dance with him. So it's a pretty quick synopsis, but that's kind of all I've got. There's more to come yeah. for this, but it was a very simple setup of what's about yeah. to happen when we come back to um, this storyline. So we jump back over into the girl's apartment and it looks like the search party decided to like again divide and conquer because we come back into the apartment with Chandler who's starting to tell them that he found nothing but they blow him off because they did and they're like but don't worry it's like all crap come to find out that those are Chandler's gifts to the group (laughs) (laughs) yikes and he's like 
he's a little ashamed of his gifts as the girls like completely rag on him, like rag on them. And they also reveal that they found his think secret thing. He doesn't want found like again. And like, I had this thought, like he could have just told them as they were all looking like, Hey guys, just want to call out that don't like I have the, the closet and cause that's where my gift spot is. So it's not going to be in there. So just don't look in there. And like, that would have solved like the whole or thing. Like, yeah. Or like, you know, he looks there and he's like, Hey, I'll cover this room. Like you guys handle everything out here. Right. Yeah. Like it just seemed, it just seemed like, okay, that would have been a little solve. And I get it. It's TV. You've got to create some drama and it's hilarious because his gifts suck and they're like offended. <laughs> but it just <laughs> yeah. seemed like a little, like a little miss. Um, okay. So then we get to a pretty large scene where we're going to stay at this, uh, rock and Eve party and the wild girl still wilding out like all over Joey when he sees Janine and the tall guy that she's been partnered with take a like a break together now as like as I'm looking at this wild girl or however she's you know put on the thing as dance girl or whatever I am loving this girl's like whole fit she has like all the sparkles in her hair and on her eyes and her sequin top like she is rocking it. And I know that's kind of a pun because okay, it's, it's Rock and Eve party. It's very, it's very early 2000s, but it's also very, like coming yes, back. Yes, and very New Year's. I was like, someone yeah. could wear that this coming New Year's and fit in yep. completely. Like, I'm loving yes, her look. I thought the same thing. She looks yeah. awesome. And, and that like made, it made me look around at like other mm-hmm. people. And it's like, what else are people wearing here that I could definitely see like, some person on the street like wearing that did you find any like um i mean i feel like monica's shirt i could see somebody wearing that nowadays Mm -hmm. like maybe putting something over top of it but i mean no hers there were were a couple like dresses but i mean for new year's like the sparkles wait it was green yeah the sparkle for sure it was green yeah it was green i meant monica oh monica okay yeah 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 got it um, so because she's like, you know, dancing all crazy, he like grabs her sort of and like asks for a break. And like when she does, when he does that, he like walks away from her and passes us off to the gallery. So like as he heads out of the room, we stop, you know, and get handed off to Ross and Monica. And Monica says that like they need to dance near the director because he's the one that decides who gets on the platform. Like ergo they'll get on camera so they scoot on over and dance literally right in front of his face this part this part of the episode is so over the top and unbelievable for me like as he's pointing to the next sets of people to get on the platforms they're like moving with his finger to get on like like they're six years old trying to get picked for like the game or something like it makes it just a little unbelievable for me and it makes me wonder like if they had just decided to have fun with it and enjoy the opportunity they've, they've been given, they probably would have ended up on the camera because it would have been organic and easy. And that translates on screen a lot. And I think the director would have been like, yeah. oh, look at these people. They're having so much fun. As opposed to like them desperately clamoring for yeah. the spot. For sure. Um, now, Joey meets up with the tall guy in the bathroom. And this guy ends up being a complete scumbag, a married scumbag. And Joey yep. tries to like trade back 
like the girls, but the guy isn't letting up. So Joey splashes water on the guy's pants. A little bit immature, obviously, but like to make the guy have to take himself out of the running because now the whole front of his pants is wet. (laughs) So, so back on the dance floor, Monica is like moping when Ross gets an idea. And what's the idea, Llewellyn? The routine. The routine. So Monica's a little skeptical, like at first, but relents. So they just go for it. And afterwards, they smugly ask the director about getting up on the platform and are thrilled when he gives them the go ahead. But as they like sprint off to claim their new territory, he tells the cameraman, like, get every part of that on the shot for the blooper cut. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Yeah. Now the countdown is like announced that that's going to be the next spot and it looks like there might be a scuffle like about to happen um, because the guy comes like storming out but joey draws the like before the guy can really get like any argument out the joey quickly draws the director's attention to his pants and talks about him being like excited and like do you want that to translate on screen which is like super gross <laughs> and that guy is like immediately escorted out um Ross and Monica plan their dance moment, but when the countdown starts, like we're handed back over to Joey's story where we get some of his inner dialogue only to have like his moment completely squashed when the cut is yelled because obviously at this point they would cut back to the live feed in Times Square, which you you like didn't realize beforehand, but you're like, oh, that totally would have been true. And Joey is so disappointed. Um, so, oh, one thing about the, the guy's watermark on his pants keeps changing, like gets bigger and smaller. So, I mean, it's one of those things I feel like happens a lot because they record, you know, different takes every time and probably have to like get it wet again. And so, yeah, but it was visibly noticeable. Uh, that's a good call because I did not notice that at all. I wasn't really looking, but... So you were looking, Llewellyn. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, I wasn't. I wasn't I'm looking in that direction. I was just looking for something. Just kidding. To oh, that's funny. Write down. Okay, so um, so we leave that set for the rest of the episode. We'll come back to the storyline, but we leave the set. Now, back in the girls' place, Phoebe has a like new strategy to uncover the hidden gifts and. In, it includes the two fowl, um, the chicken and the duck. And Rachel stumbles upon the hollowness of the seat bench behind the tree. And what do you know? The presents are in there. But as the girls are about to dive in, Chandler has like an attack of his conscience and like convinces the girls that it's kind of sweeter to be able to react in real time to the gifts when Monica is there and like gets to see their reactions and so in order to convince them to do the right thing he agrees that he has to get them new gifts which I think is pretty valid (laughs) Phoebe's like get us new gifts and he's like yeah okay (laughs) now here's one thing in order to get around this little scenario they could have looked at each other's gifts in order to give the person an indication of what the gift of what the gift was that they should give Monica because like the point of them looking was to figure out like what like what did Monica get us so that we could reciprocate appropriately was the gist that I got 
from their like previous definition. Yeah. And it would have been a pretty funny storyline because I could have seen like Chandler and Rachel like doing a decent job of giving like a size or an amount or like an equivalence like that could match. And I can see Phoebe like practically ruining it for the person that she was telling it to. And it could have been like a pretty funny gag, I thought. But Monica comes in, catches them red-handed, and she practically spills the bean about Chandler's gift because, like, she thought that they had already seen it. And what he got, she got him, like, a water filter <laughs> or something. Um, but she completely ruins it herself. Um, but, yeah, and that's kind of all I have for that. Um yeah, back across the hallway, Joey and Janine come back as well because, like, you know, Rachel's gotten back. Ross would have returned to his apartment. Joey and Janine are back, and Joey's still like bummed out about the not kiss that happened. And Janine could practically tell, so she actually offers up a fake countdown to give him a very real kiss, and she reveals that she was disappointed because she wanted a kiss. Um. Like, she's in it. She wants him. And it's actually really sweet. It was just kind of surprising yeah, for me, I think. Yeah. It came out of left field, for sure. Because, like, the story that's been being, wi- like, woven was that, like, she wasn't interested. And it was, like, unreciprocated by her. It was all on Joey's yeah. side. So it kind of surprised me, like, out of left field that, like, oh, now she's interested. Um, And I kind of forgot that that's how it ended up. Um, Anything about the rest of the episode? Um, The Magna Doodle. yes. You only see it once. It's a person holding a Santa hat puppet, and it says, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) So very festive. Um, And then the only other thing is Joey points out the whole Y2K panic. Yes. Uh, And for anybody out there who doesn't know what that was people thought that like computers were essentially gonna like take over the world in 2000 and like shut everything down and it was a huge panic i was young enough to not know the full scope of it but old enough to like remember that it was a thing yes i am similar to you yeah it was the idea that like because the computers would have like a zero zero date that it would like reset everything and nothing would like continue on and they like yeah, it was so They, weird. like, didn't know if the computers were going to be intuitive enough to realize that it was just another, like, a different century, which yeah. was so strange. But I'm with you. Like, I didn't realize, like, the importance of it, but I remember hearing about it because at that point I was yeah. 11. I think I just... Yeah, I was 10, so... 10, 11, yeah. Um, um, and then the last thing... In the uncut DVD version of this episode, Rachel, Phoebe, and Chandler go to Central Park in search of the president's presidents, <laughs> uh, presents <laughs> in search of the presidents Monica had hidden from them. Oh, um, and when there, Rachel flirts with Gunther to try to find out where they are, and he faints. That would have been such a great scene, and now I'm sad that we yeah. didn't get it. I mean, it's obviously in the uncut, but like. That would have been a great scene because we never really see Rachel use his crush to her advantage, which, to be fair, it's a little unfair of her to do that. But back in the, you know, late 90s and TV with where it was, it would have been pretty on par. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, Man, that's a good one. Good. That was a good one to bring up. 
Okay, in the tag, last scene, Monica and Ross are like telling their tale to the group. And Rachel all but challenges Monica and Ross to recreate the real and OG ending of that routine. And Monica like completely bites. Um, like she won't have them thinking that she can't do it. And in all reality, she can't do it. Ross falls really hard. The end. <laughs> I would have loved to see like a flash in one of the flashbacks with like big Monica her catching Ross. It would have been hilarious. Um, But yeah, she like totally bails on him last second and he falls like into Rachel's old room. Uh, Okay. Favorite scene. This one was a hard one to pick a favorite scene for, I feel like. Yeah. um, I don't know that I really have a favorite scene. I would just say a moment. I think the moment where Chandler does his little like snaps Okay. Um, when he's trying to like erase what the girls <laughs> could have seen in his closet yeah. it was just hilarious I just loved his like facial expression in that it was funny I'm gonna say that the soft open was actually my favorite like the first part of that are like all decorating Christmas all doing it together like celebrating the holiday and then Monica like having to have her own organized side and fine with the back that's facing outwards being just completely full of tinsel you know oh are you a a pro or anti-tinseler uh i don't love tinsel i mean i'm not against it but sure i would not choose to put it up or on my tree yeah i was thinking about this because i i am very much like a keep the tree up after yeah and am am cool doing that like through the like through the new year and then eventually like breaking it down when i'm ready and i have this thought i haven't had like a tree in my place in a long while just because it doesn't really make sense and hasn't and nor do i have a ton of room for it and they're just so freaking expensive so (laughs) i haven't really had one but i thought it'd be really cool if after Christmas, you took down all the ornaments and then just decorated it with a bunch of tinsel for New Year's. I was like, that might be like a family mm, tradition, yeah. but I but I don't yeah. really care for the tinsel for the Christmas look. Um. So yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I was like, there are people who are like, no, tinsel is what we put on the tree. Like it's a thing. And then my family, I think one year we just had cats and it was like, we'll never do this again. And then we just became anti-tinslers so um trying to say the word anti-tinslers i just don't <laughs> i don't love it but it's also <laughs> it also grammatically is correct i think so <laughs> anyways okay how would you rate it um i would probably give this one like right in the middle like an unagi okay. Uh, just because it is iconic with the routine and it's pretty funny. Um, but like, it wasn't, it's not an episode that I like go back to watch. So yeah. Yeah. I think from your definition, I, I mean, the fact that like I had to kind of like pull out like a favorite scene and then I wasn't like some, I'm like, oh, there's like two scenes that are so good, you know? And like, even the routine for its iconicness, that's not my favorite scene, you know? And it's like, that's one of the right. most iconic yeah. things in Friends, like when you put them all together. So because of that, I think I'm going to give it a, oh my God. 
Um, because it's just pretty underwhelming for me overall. It's funny to watch like Chandler get roped in and get called out. Like that was hilarious. Like I knew they'd break you (laughs) and it's funny, but I just think overall it was kind of lacking. So, okay. Post show wrap up trivia time. Lay it on us. All right. What did Ross and Rachel name their baby? Emma. Emma. Um, name the unsightly man who lived across the way from Monica and Rachel's balcony. Ugly naked guy. Ugly naked guy. That is correct. Oh, look at us crushing it. on that one. Two super simple ones. Well, we sometimes we need those. <laughs> sometimes we need them. Um, you know, I don't have social media spotlight except for the fact cool. that our reel, I just have to call it out because I just can't believe it. Um, views is at 714,000. Wow. And the likes are at 70,000, which in like a, only a couple days it grew 200,000 and like 20,000. And I just, it's. And we're getting, we get so many new people from that reel every day yes okay so for those of you hopefully i'm hoping that at some point those who have followed our instagram from that reel maybe they listen to us if you came from that reel and you listen to us now like shout us like give us a shout on social media dm us let us know we would love to meet you um we obviously get notified when someone follows us from that reel we can't shout out everybody because it would just one now to go back, it would just take too long because um, we've already missed the train on it. So, but we would love to hear from you and let us know like how you like the podcast. Um, because I just think it's so cool how it's like slowly climbed <laughs> into being, I guess, somewhat viral. I don't know. It's just shocking to me that something could get over like, I don't know, 80 likes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but anyways. Okay. Um, recommend to a friend. Llewellyn, you have one, and I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a while back, I was on a um, an antibiotic that caused that can cause like stomach issues, and so they recommend that you take like, you know, you eat yogurt or whatever to have. Oh yeah. What are they? The what? It, what? It's, what's in yogurt that you need? It's the, like, like antimicrobials or something. Things. Yeah, something like that. Probiotics. Um, but I, yeah, probiotics, that's the word I was looking for. Um, and it's mostly found in like yogurt. That's what people usually mm-hmm. eat. But I'm dairy free. So oh, when I was yeah. on this medication, like I couldn't, like the dairy free stuff doesn't have that in it. So I was like, I'm kind of out of luck here. I don't know what to do. So somebody recommended that I try kombucha. And um, at the time i despised kombucha i tried it once i thought it was absolutely disgusting yes. and just the disgusting. idea of like living organisms being consumed i was like that sounds terrible sure. um why would i want this but um <laughs> i was desperate because i didn't want to get you know i didn't want to have any side effects because i was taking this medication to help with what i was dealing with yeah. so i tried it and in doing so it took a while but i ended up finding that i did like kombucha wow. and i liked how it like made my stomach feel better Mm. as well um and so since moving to florida i have just been trying different kinds like there's a there's a store here called detweilers that i go to um and it's like an indoor farmer's market essentially 
and they they have like a lot of different like kinds or whatever and there's this one kind called 221 bc kombucha Mm -hmm. and i liked it at first because i liked i'll be honest i am like i'm a visual shopper like if i look at something and the label looks cool yes I'm more than likely, like, I will buy it. If I'm, like, between like, Absolutely. different brands or whatever and the label looks cool, I'll buy yes. it. Um, so any marketers out there, like, what your marketing matters. Anyways. Um, it really does. So I picked this one up because I, I liked the way it looked. And I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And I really liked it. And then in reading it, I realized that not only is it made in Florida, but it's made, like, literally in my town that I live in. So, oh, like, wow. it's, it's very much, like, right here, which I thought was super cool. Um, and it's a women-owned company. And in reading their like bio, I also realized that some of their proceeds go to help um, fight human trafficking, which is a huge. So cool. It's a, a very big thing down here. Like, I mean, it, it is you know, globally, but sure. Uh, in the spot that I'm in in Florida, like, it, it, there's like a huge human trafficking ring or whatever. And so, like, part of the proceeds go to help like fund getting people out of that. And I think that's incredible. Um, and they've got a lot of different flavors. Uh, I've interacted with them on like social media a few times. They're like super sweet women. Um, the lady's from Poland, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm probably screwed that up, but she's from somewhere, and she's like read like a reg- registered nutritionist and like knows like her stuff, and everything is is natural. Like there's nothing processed in it, which I absolutely love, and it's really delicious. So, anyways, I say all that to say they do ship. So if you're like super interested and you love kombucha and you want to try it. Um, We'll link it below in the show notes. So check them out. They're women-owned, supporting, helping people getting out of human trafficking, which I think is amazing. Um, And it's just delicious. So if you're interested, there's literally always, me and my roommate drink it all the time. So there's always a bottle in our fridge. um, And it's it's great. So yes, that's it. That's awesome. My recommend to a friend, (laughs) Llewellyn. (laughs) This week I did some retail therapy. (laughs) okay and and yet i bought a bunch of adult like adult things 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 that adults have to buy but i'm also very excited about so over the next several weeks you're just gonna hear review after review of one the things that i've bought but they're all gonna be like very adult purchases um but they were also expensive (laughs) And yet I'm so excited. So this first one. <laughs> okay, I, I, for those of you that don't know, I'm 33 years old. And I have not had a vacuum in over, <laughs> in over three years, um, which is a little, it's a little embarrassing. And yet I have like a huge rug that takes up 98% of the surface area in my living room. The rest is hardwood, but still. So I haven't had I haven't had a vacuum in several years, which I understand. That's gross. Um, I've swept and I've swiffered, but I have not vacuumed <laughs> my rug. Um, so I was like, I want to get a vacuum. And I've had my eye on a pretty expensive vacuum for quite a few years. So... I bought the Dyson V12 Detect Slim. It was a lot of dollars, and um, I used it the other night on my rug for the very first time. 
I had to empty the canister like eight to 10 different times because of how much was in there. But one, it's like, it's amazing. Okay, let me just give you one of the attachments has a um, uh, one of the heads with a laser that detects particles that you can't normally see. So to like put the laser on your floor and then obviously the mini laser will be like it'll show like where the debris and particles are. It also counts and measures the size of dust particles and the sensor like shows you kind of what's been sucked up and displaying like how much of each size of those particles has been picked up over the life of like whatever you're like that clean that you're doing. So it's got a little bit of like a LCD screen that shows you um, things. It came with 11 different head attachments um, that anything from like a hair tool like a hair screw tool to fabric and mattress tool, the crevice tool, like an up top adapter, mini soft dusting brush. Um, and it's also the only one in the Dyson lineup of the handheld vacuums that is um, a click button on and off. All the rest of them, you have to hold the button down while you're vacuuming. So if you need to switch hands, like as you're vacuuming, you have to either like press the button down with your your hand the whole time or like as you're switching hands you'd have to light up like lit lighten uh like let up and and like change hands this one you click it to go on you click it to go off but it's so easy so light so easy to empty as well like you don't have to touch anything it, the can just like opens up into the trash and it's slim and amazing and i'm in love with it um, so if you've been considering like a vacuum, oh, and right now, because it's like brand new, um, there's like $100 off the bundle of like all that you get for free. I got the absolute bundle um, just so that I can get all of the attachments. Um, it's going to be my new favorite thing for a long time. I literally want to go vacuum again, even though I only have the one rug and it's only been two days. <laughs> but I'm very excited about it. Very adult purchase, lots and lots of dollars, but also totally worth it. So if you're in 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 the in the shopping if you're shopping around for a vacuum maybe 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 consider a dyson v12 detect slim and i got the slim absolute because that came with the whole bundle so i would highly recommend that to a friend um, i'm gonna i'm gonna need you to like demonstrate this thing for me when i come in a couple okay weeks. oh my gosh only adults <laughs> Yeah, it's like a viewing yep. party, but like viewing for vacuums. Like, should we also have like yeah, wine and it. a charcuterie board? <laughs> yes, one hundred. Stand around talking. We could even invite your friends over. <laughs> it could be like a whole orgy. Be like, girls, what do you want to do today? Let's go over to Leanne's house and go watch her vacuum her rug. <laughs> uh, it's like the new pampered chef parties, except for I just it's vacuum like around everybody. <laughs> It's like I imagine like those those uh those mattress commercials where they're like jumping on the bed with the wine bottle yes. or wine glass and like it doesn't spill or like they throw the bowling ball on it to see if it'll like move it. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so a vacuum viewing party. Let's do it. There you go. Um no, I'll, I'll be absolutely thrilled to do that for you, Llewellyn. Um cool. Okay, and then over the next couple Oh, and you'll also be able to partake in the other thing that I'm getting as well. Awesome. Um, 
I can't wait. I know. I'm so excited to slowly re- like release these to you as recommends to a friend over the next several weeks. So anyways, okay. That was a lot of fun. Okay, next week, we're going to cover the one with the apothecary table. And I honestly have no idea what this episode's about. Yeah, I can't. I, I, it doesn't I, I'm like, what mind. apothecary table? Who's the apothecary? Is it right. Phoebe? I don't know. Right. We'll all find out together yeah. next week. Yeah, so we'll catch you guys next week on the One of the Friends podcast.